Welcome to your New Hampshire National Guard podcast. We are always ready, always there. This podcast series is a production of the State Public Affairs Office. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Tech Sergeant Charles Johnston with Public Affairs. I'm joined today by Tech Sergeant Alan Dwyer. He's with the 157th Air Refueling Wing Communications Flight. Thanks for joining the show. Lovely to be here this morning. So talk to us a little bit first about uh, who you are, uh, how long you've been in, and what you do uh, with Comp Flight. Um, I'm going just past 16 years now, um, enlisted uh, in the Guard, uh, about uh, either 13 or 14 for uh, working for them full-time. Uh, it's been a, an evolution of what I do specifically in Comp Flight. Started out um, at your help desk level, helping out people uh, directly, and then slowly sliding to uh, the back shop where I keep things running. And ideally, you never see what I do because you only see me if things break. Um, I've been a New Hampshire resident all my life. Um, I really love that I get to uh, support my state in what I do, um, but also get to be helpful and learn and have a lot of opportunities as well. Um, I'm kind of a weird combination of um, a huge nerd about almost anything IT, whether it's uh, computers, whether it's phones, whether it's uh, audio, the magical things we're talking on now, or um, anything that probably plugs into the wall. Um, I'm interested in how it works and what makes it work, how to make it better. Um, but on the other hand, I really love the outdoors as well. You are getting set to embark on a really exciting journey, an approximate 2,200-mile, six-month through-hike attempt of the Appalachian National Scenic Trail. You have an approved leave of absence to try this. Uh, you're going solo. Uh, only about 3,000 people try this every year. And even though most people don't make it, you're taking this on anyway. Indeed, um, a northbound uh, through hike. A lot of people are like, hey, are you starting in Maine? Are you starting in Georgia? Definitely starting in Georgia. I want to follow the good weather uh, up there. Um, even I did the long trail this past July um, as a start, as a practice, and I picked July because it was nice weather and there was room for things to go wrong without having to worry about extreme weather as much. You always have to respect it, but um, it's... I'm hoping to start March 22nd is the day I want to set foot on the trail. I'm looking at this point taking a train down because it's easier logistically with uh, your gear and some of the things that you can't take on a plane and the reliability as well as just you, it takes about 24 hours, but that's going to be 24 hours for me to relax and kind of like process this kind of shift from a very busy life as a, as a comp flight person trying to make everything work, get everything done before to just, okay, I'm shifting into this six-month phase of being voluntarily homeless. Well-resourced, you know, that's a definitely a legitimate problem that's I own, but a well-resourced person living out in the middle of nowhere. Why? Why the Appalachian Trail? Um, it's, it's a very big thing. Um, it's challenging. It's uh, difficult. Um, the success rate, I was just looking it up the other night, is 25% for thru-hikers. So it is something that you know you really um, have to commit to. Um, the, um, there's, I've found 
um, growing up um, in spending some time outdoors, facilitating outdoor space for other people, the solo space to be a very special space, a good space for uh, processing life, um, for growth, figuring out what's next. Um, and that is, that's one of the motivations for this too, is I'm probably, some might argue, two-thirds of the way through a military career. I'm not done yet. I'm happy to still be here, but this is a space where I'm trying to figure out what next might look like. Um, there's a lot of options, a lot of opportunities. I'd like to say uh, the Guard's kind of a space where um, you have like a pile of opportunities and you get to pick one. A lot of people are trying to just find one break, one thing. I feel like the space that I'm in uh, the and the position I'm in, there's a bunch of them and I could pick any of them, But um, which I'm grateful for. And I think it's um, it's something that um, is going to take time to think about. So you're a cyber defense systems administrator who loves technology. You're plugged in every day with the latest and greatest things um, from a technological perspective. And you're going to be, for the most part, unplugged for six months. Yes. So uh, when, uh, when do you actually plan to take the phone out and turn it on or maybe take it off airplane mode and, and use it? Are you going to document your journey on social media or are you going to be making uh, phone calls and checking in with folks or, uh, you know, what, what's the outlook with, with uh, the phone at least? I hope to be intentional about my use of technology as I go. Um, definitely want to engage in stepping back. Um, it is amazing I mean, for all of us, if any of us stop and evaluate how much time we actually spend in front of these things, you're like, wow, I could be doing a lot of other things, or is this a healthy amount of time I'm spending? So um, that separation I'm looking forward to. Um, but I also want to be able to share uh, the experience with a lot of people in my world. Um, I definitely will be sharing some things on social media, um, as well as I'm an IT guy, so I have my own domain, I have my own website, so I'm hoping to blog post uh, once a week is my goal. Uh, some pictures, a little description of what's going on, um, and that's a. It's got multiple reasons why I want to do that. Um, one, I found when I did the long trail, I posted a lot of stuff to Instagram and Facebook, and because it's the same company, you put it one place, it goes out. It was easy, um, but there's a number of people in the world that choose to not partake in it for reasonable reasons, and just I ended up excluding a number of people from being able to keep up with my adventures because I was just using that one thing. The nice thing about putting it through my own website is that anyone can access it. You don't need an account, you can just go there. So it's been a bit of a learning curve for me to try to figure out WordPress and how to make my own website, how to make it work. Um, very quickly you do this sort of thing like, oh, I see why we pay people to do this or why someone would pay someone to do this because it's a lot of work and it takes time and effort and practice and failing. And um, the learning part is, a lot, is really fun too. It's given me a space to to learn those things and have a little more appreciation for what people do in that space. Um, but the hope is to also have a good account of my adventure. Um, also depending on the organization. So for example, when I did the long trail to get uh, recognized officially by the green, by the GMC for your through hike, you do have to submit a detailed account as well. Um, so the longer you wait between writing it down and having it, the harder it's going to be to to have it. Um, and the more I've spent time in this wonderful thru-hiking space, the more you find that talking about it facilitates other people's ability to go out to learn and to be like, hey, 
oh, it is doable. It is possible. Or like, can you talk with me through gear? Like you give by talking about it, you give people space to ask questions and ask all the questions. And like, what, how do you, how are you going to deal with water? Uh, how are you going to deal with safety? Like, but everybody has all these different questions. Um, and so I want to make sure that I'm um, doing as much as possible. Um, I want to welcome other people to the space. Um, yes, it's busy and planning, like even planning my trip. Um, the Appalachian Trail Conservancy has this really cool thing where you register with them, but you have a chart you can look at and see how many people are starting the same day. So the trail has approximately, from the start, um, capacity for about 50 people um, to sleep in, in a campsite or a shelter. I have a little Lego person that I take along with me. Um, yeah, so I went to my niece. I was like, I want to figure out how to include you, a um, little bit inspire you to also be involved at some point as well, and said, is there something I can take with me? So she built um, a little Lego guy uh, for me to take along. And so a lot of us have, are familiar with this sort of method. A lot of people who deploy will take a mascot with them, take a picture here or there. Like, that's where that general idea came from. A lot of people do that. Um, and so I took him along with me on Long Trail. I got about two-thirds of the way through, and no, two, no, about a third of the way through, I lost him. So you can't imagine how terrible you feel when you lose something your niece entrusted you to take along with you. You're like, most terrible person ever. Why? Um, but I was good. I let her know. I was like, hey, I lost this guy. Um, he's named uh, Abraham Emmanuel Stark. There's some New Hampshire in there. Uh, General John Stark for the last name. Uh, so he's got a hat like Abe Lincoln. So, um, but... So first off, I lose this guy, and I'm like, oh no, this is terrible. Um, so I go back hike, my, uh, two or three miles, trying to find this thing. Um, there's a there's a southbound hiker who um, I stopped and was like, hey, if you see this, can you find it? You know, after the fact, you realize how insane you sound. Like I'm a grown adult talking to some other person hiking, being like, hey, have you seen my Lego man? And I'm like, I'm sure she thought I was nuts. She was super kind, super. Uh, good about it and was like, yeah, sure. And of course I saw her a second time coming back and was like, well, for sure, if you see anything, let me know. Here's my info. Um, I ran into one other person uh, after I lost it, who was the caretaker of the shelter I'd stayed the night before. I let her know. And then I wrote a little note in the next logbook at the next shelter being like, hey, if you see this thing, let me know. Um, and so I pressed on and I was like, oh, well, that's a bummer. Um, a day and a half later, that caretaker had found my Lego guy and ended up bringing him a few towns down and dropping him back off to me. Um, those are spaces that are just, one, super cool, how much people are willing to help. The chances of them finding my little Lego guy were um, undoable, but um, it's amazing how just a little thing turns into a huge story. Um, I got to know a number of the caretakers, I ended up getting to go into town, have dinner with those folk, um, and then that's where my trail name came from as well. So. Somebody else on the trail farther down the road, a gentleman named Coasty, um, former Coast Guard guy, surprisingly. No, uh, um, not all the names are super original. Some of them are, or some of them not. And then he had read the story. First off, he made a point to tell me, he's like, oh, I thought that was written by a 12-year-old. And I was like, oh, great. Uh, but, and he was like, oh, you're the Lego man. And I was like, all right, there is, um, there's my trail name. So, Food, water, and pack weight. Those are three things that you need to plan for ahead of time and daily, as I understand it. 
while you're out there because you have to collect your own water. You have to filter it. You have to maybe boil it. You can only carry so much food, so you have to kind of game plan that too based on how far you plan on hiking a given day until you reach the next checkpoint. And that's all a big part of this. Absolutely. Um, at, uh, when you talk to people about through hiking, they Im- immediately talk about ultralight. Um, it's a thing. Um, some people are more obsessed with it than others. Um, the more I've researched and a lot of stuff that I've read, it's kind of just like anything else. People will get obsessed with a number. Um, we do that as people in a lot of ways. Um, I mean, that's why video games work. They're numbers. We get obsessed with them. But um, it's um, a balance between... Uh, saving your back and saving effort and comfort uh, and and like that level of comfort and then personal comfort as well. Um, Everybody, even your ultralight people, if you talk to them, they have one or two items that we would deem luxury items, the things that you have to make yourself comfortable. Um, Depending on how much your pack is weighing on you, um, that's going to motivate you to pare down what you're doing. You'll hear the term shakedown a lot. So you start out with this gear and then you're like, I don't really need that. I don't really need that. Uh, even on the long trail, um, a few, what, two days in, I already had stuff I was sending home. It's like, nope, I don't need that. I don't need that. I'm not using that. So um, part of it is just research for um, gear that is lightweight enough but still effective. Uh, one of the problems with some of the super lightweight gear is you then lose durability as well. So you have to figure out whether you're willing to uh, sacrifice that or whether you're willing to be a lot more careful with that equipment or... Do you just not need it? Uh, one of the things that everyone I've talked to, which, you know, ring gear is really important, right? Because you want to stay uh, dry and not cold. Um, but you talk to a lot of people, most people who do through hiking don't have rain pants. Because if you're wearing rain pants, you're either going to be soaked from the sweat on the inside or you're going to be soaked from not having rain pants. So, like, okay, this isn't doing me much good. It's not worth carrying. And so you kind of, a lot of your gear choices become very pragmatic very quickly. Um, and some of it you just can't can't really learn till you get out there and do it, and then you realize whether you value it or not. Um, different places um, do require different gear too. So, like, I'm going to start with a lot more warmer gear because it is Georgia, but it's still March and it's still cold. Um, and so, I will start with a heavier ground mat uh, that's insulated um, that will do its job. But once I start getting up to I don't know halfway or getting into the summer. I'm going to have people send me a lighter one, and I'll swap it out because I won't need as much insulation. Um, the um, the other big thing that I think can't be said enough if we're talking about doing anything outdoors is the, the key phrase that people say is cotton kills. No cotton. Um, you want synthetic materials. You want things that can dry and things that aren't going to make you more cold. Um, food. Food is... Um, it's... It's such a simple need, um, but it's amazing how important it is. Um, I was listening to the account of the lady who got the fastest known time for a self-supported hike on the long trail uh, this past year, and she said one of the times, one of the reasons her first attempts failed was she didn't eat enough. The amount of calories you consume is just uh, crazy. It's a wonderful space because you can eat whatever you want uh, all the time. You know. Uh, Obviously, you're not going to be eating Skittles all day, but yeah, you can snack on some candy. It's fine because you're just going to burn all of it. Um, And that's going to be a concern for me to make sure I'm eating enough. So in my 28-day hike of the long trail, I lost 22 pounds. Um, If you don't, if you're not intentional about 
getting enough calories and getting enough nutrition, it will, it will get to you. Like you're, you're running your body machine hard. Um, and it needs, it needs to be able to have the fuel to rest and recharge. And that's, that's the other key piece there of, of the adventure too, is taking time to rest. Um, it's very easy to, you said, uh, 2,200 miles, right? That's, that's what we got. Um, and that's what I need to do. So that averages out to about 13 miles a day. Um, but it's a, a lot of people get off the trail because of injury, um, because they don't stop and take that break. You've got a website. Yes. Like you've told us that, uh, um, you've managed and you've put together and yep. you're going to be tracking your progress hopefully at least once a week with photos and log entries what's the address it's nkryptr.us and i'll do that one more time for you nkryptr.us um i haven't been able to get it to come up on uh, government computers yet i'm not big and important enough to get through uh, their proxies but i guarantee it'll work at home you, you can make it for your friends and family and whatnot to actually track your progress uh, through this website. Correct. If, uh, if you, you guys swing by P's or you reach out to some of the people that uh, work with me, there's a little password so you can actually um, see me hour by hour uh, what my progress is each day. And what's your, what's your email address? Uh, my email address that I'll, I'll be watching for this stuff um, is very similar to that. So it's nkryptr at nkryptr.org. I think if uh, people get on, on the website and they're tracking you, I think, I suspect some of your, your friends might razz you a little bit if there's too many of those zero days. Absolutely. I encourage uh, people to heckle me, actually, because uh, we all need motivation one way or another. Firearm or bear spray? What's your go-to? Uh, because I have a clearance to maintain and it's a felony to have a firearm in some states, it is bear spray. Bear spray. So Hopefully you don't need it. Good luck out there. Eh, if you're loud, they don't bother you for the most of the time anyways. You just don't give them food. Is it get big or play dead? Which is it with the, with the black bears? It is try to walk away, and then it you is can't run. Then it's get big. So You can't run. You can't climb trees. I had one that I'm pretty sure plodding along beside me for probably a good mile two years ago and didn't bother me. So we'll, we'll, we'll try to keep that record up. Good luck. Thank you. Thanks for listening to your New Hampshire National Guard podcast.